You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Yes, if anybody needs a <laughs> consultant and needs somebody that thinks like a 13 or 14-year-old, we're your guys. <laughs> yeah, like just make sure it's like after 8 o'clock. Because I'm way funnier after a couple of years. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Kura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people too. Talk fantasy football. Bring you the latest in CFL news and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable. Ready, set. And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Brazilian tie, I understand we're on a bit of a time crunch. you got an important delivery in 45 minutes. I may or may not have ordered pizza, expecting us to start recording earlier than we did. What kind of pizza? Uh, I do like a create-your-own from Panago, some barbecue sauce instead of pizza sauce, and just a bunch of meat and extra cheese, uh, some wings, uh, some dips, and some shakers. But you are so proud that you haven't drank that much Coke in the last few months. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, one one thing at a time. <laughs> hey, you've been doing some renos around the place the last little while or what? Yeah, it's been a little hectic. Uh, the place was basically ripped apart until Monday. Uh, buddy's dad from Portage the Prairie needed a place to stay. So all day Monday, I basically did housework. And tried to put everything back so we could get the projector set up to watch the game sevens there on uh, Tuesday night. Well, what are you doing? What are you fixing up? Uh, literally everything. Uh, just paint and trim and baseboards and all that good stuff. Oh, so I can't been, even been, hang been, a picture. Been lots of fun. <laughs> uh, it's it's not that hard, Travis. <laughs> Dude, I've lived in my condo for almost three years. I actually hung up the first picture about two months ago. It was a big uh, moment. <laughs> the first hole in the wall. The biggest hurdle is trying to get my wife to trust that I'm not going to royally screw it up. <laughs> I, how would you? Like, how heavy is how heavy is this picture? Well, that one ended up okay. We do have another really heavy picture that I know I need the drywall anchors for, and I know I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> so I'm delaying that as as long as I can. I'll be in Red Deer on Friday. I can swing by and do it for you. All right. Well, we'll hire your services. Brazilian Ty the <laughs> Reno guy. <laughs> in the huddle with Karan Ty on the Two and Out podcast. It's really about this time when I realize how much we miss CFL week. <laughs> Man, there there was so much going on during that time that uh, things have really slowed down. And, of course, we're all kind of waiting uh, for a deal to get worked out between the owners and the CFLPA. But we're going to be waiting at least a little while longer. Going to start with some sad news today. Cato, the longtime equipment manager for the BC Lions, has passed away. And it seems like just about everyone that went through the BC organization has nothing but great things to say about him. So, so some really sad news from Vancouver today. Yeah, and, and a guy who's been with the organization since he was 13. Yeah, that, you got to love that. 
start started as a ball boy is just a complete lifer and you know that's the a lot of sports uh you know whether it doesn't matter if it's cfl nhl any any sport uh once you get in uh you know it's really hard to leave because it's just so much fun you get to be around uh you know the, the thing you love the most and and you become a part of a family as we saw today with the outpouring on twitter yeah, and you know the the more I uh, get entrenched, you know, in the CFL, the more I realize that there's a lot more that goes into this league than you know the guys mm-hmm. playing it or the guys coaching it or whatever. And Cato is definitely one of those guys. Um, Brian from BC Lions then had a great story of he went to a locker room sale and wanted to get a winter parka. But they didn't sell them to the public at that time. And he saw Cato and he said, hey, do you guys have any of those laying around? And he really went to the back and gave him one of the winter parkas. And that's that's so cool. I mean, they don't have to sell those in Vancouver to the fans. We don't really have to worry about uh, parkas in that client climate. But uh, Dwayne Mandrusiak is another one uh, from mm-hmm. the Eskimos who has been around that organization for Maybe even longer than anyone, really. And uh, I'm convinced he's a cyborg. Yeah, and he, and he sent out a tweet paying tribute today. It seems like a really tight knit community, and those equipment mm-hmm. managers, they really make things go in the organization, and they really don't get all that much credit. So, uh, sad news uh, from Cato, who really made an impact in BC. There's going to be a lot of changes with that organization once the season starts, if the season starts. Uh, no Wally Buono. Um, and now uh, Jovan Olafioye has retired as well. I think this came out the day after um, uh, we released the last episode, but yeah. it's just uh, the, the entire image of that team is completely different mm-hmm. heading into 2019. It's crazy. And, of course, you start with under center with Mike Riley. That's a huge addition compared to, well, with Travis Lule retiring and Jonathan Jennings as a free agent. Uh, you know, he only missed six starts in nine years. And all of those were in 2017. He had a th- 138 consecutive starts from 2010 to 2017. That's impressive. And, and started every game last year. Start, he was a starter as a rookie. Uh, you know, six CFL All Star selections, seven West Division All Star selections. Uh, nominated three times for Most Outstanding Lineman, and in 2012 he got the Top Lineman Award. Uh, you know, just a, an anchor on on that offensive line for BC. And you know, he's going to be missed for sure. Uh, it, and like you said, it's a totally it's going to be a totally different look. They're going to have a it's a pretty big hold of fill, uh, and you know. Mike Riley compared to maybe Lule might be able to help the O-line a little bit, uh, being able to escape some pressures. And without CFL week, there wasn't really a big, nice reveal for the Hall of Fame class of 2019, but the players and the builders have been revealed. We've got David Williams, who was the CFL's MOP in 1988. 88 was a real good year. Ah, yeah, you're just you're taking all the credit for it, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> Frank Smith uh, goes in as a builder. Uh, great coaching career at the U uh, University of British Columbia. We've got Ernie Pitts uh, going in, and we've got Jim Hobson as a builder. I, I, I wonder if they're going to give him a custom uh, 
Scotch bottle. You know that guy uh, gets into that stuff. Uh, we've got <laughs> Terry Greer <laughs> going in, and man, he was the first player in pro football to record 2,000 receiving yards in 1983. So it's like, what? Mm-hmm. He's finally getting in there. Swerving Mervin Fernandez goes in there. He was uh, the rookie of the year in 1982 and uh, legendary BC Lion. John Cornish is also going in. I now officially feel old, but he's got two Grey Cup rings. He was the MOP in 2013 and Really, it was all coming down to injuries that Cornish decided Mm -hmm. to call it a career. Otherwise, he could still be playing today. Either way, one of the greatest running backs of all time. I wonder if he will now unblock me on Twitter. Well, Nick Lewis did, so there is hope. There is still hope. But, man, I'm starting to feel old when I know all of the Hall of Fame guys. (laughs) Uh, yeah, for the most part, I think, you know, it's hard to really break down a lot of their playing careers when, you know, we didn't really see the majority of it other than, uh, John Cornish. And of course, being Ryder fans, Jim Hobson, uh, to us seems like a no brainer, uh, considering what that team was before he became president and CEO (laughs) and, and, you know, he was the one, uh, that spearheaded the, the new stadium, with with the partnership with the city of Regina and the province, so uh, you know, obviously everybody very deserving on the on the list. Uh, and John Cornish, the one thing he did leave out was he won the Lou Marsh in 2013, yeah, which is huge. Uh, it helps that it wasn't an Olympic year for men's hockey because it's usually just Sidney Crosby, so that helps. Uh, yeah, and like 8,500 yards from scrimmage, like as a as a running back. You know, in eight years, that's that's insane. Yeah, he was dominant. I mean, his yards per carry was always like seven, mm-hmm. seven yards yeah. or something like that. He, he, fin- he finished at six point seven yards per carry. Yeah, like he was he was untouched for you know seven yeah. yards down the field, and if he was, he was not going down uh, with the first tackler. Mm-hmm. So definitely. One of the all-time best. Moving into some, uh, I guess, current news. The Eskimos are going to be happy to see this. Tavon Smith signs with the team. He was drafted there in 2016. And, I mean, they've been waiting a long time while Smith, he tried to make a go of it in uh, the National Football League. He was with the Colts, the Raiders, the Jaguars, and with all of the hits that the Eskimos receiving core has taken and since, you know, recovered a little bit, they're, they're going to be really happy to welcome uh, Tavon mm-hmm. Smith, a uh, ratio breaker, to the receiving core uh, once or if camp starts. I, I hate saying the if, but I have to. <laughs> yeah, and every time you say it, I wince a little. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so worried, so worried. <laughs> no, it, it's a great pickup. Uh, you know, it, it's a, a draft pick that isn't just going to walk. Uh, you know, he did have his chances and, you know, wasn't able wasn't able to stick anywhere. Uh, you know, in one of his interviews uh, on... CFL.ca, after he was released by Jaguars, he thought about the AAF and the XFL. Uh, but, you know, the reliability of the CFL, you know, th- this league has been around for over 100 years. Maybe well, not the Grey Cup era, but just the league in general. Like, 
nothing has been able. I know they've been bailed out, but I mean the CFL just keeps coming back. So uh, you know, you look at that, and for a Canadian kid to be able to play to play uh, in his home country is really nice too. How about uh, Roman Reigns returning to Edmonton in September? That is uh, intriguing. I probably won't be able to make it though, so I'm a little upset about that. Friday, September 20th, he will be at the Ticats Eskimos game. Of course, he had a brief stint with the Eskimos. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't really uh, go anywhere for him, but as for so many of those Samoan guys, wrestling is in their blood. So he went and uh, became a wrestler, and he's, he's done all right. He's... He's the big dog, man. He's been champ multiple times. It's his yard now. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably the greatest promo ever on the Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah. The guy has dealt with a lot of booze. <laughs> yeah, so have I, but not the kind that he deals with. Yeah, yours uh, yours is B-O-O-Z-E. Yes. He's B-O-O-S. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, but I guess there will be some meet and greets for fans as well. Mm-hmm. I really hope they pick me. So Eskimos, if you're hearing me, pick me for a meet and greet to meet Roman Reigns. I uh, will wear Saskatchewan Rough Riders attire. If that uh, holds me back, I'm sorry. Didn't that keep you out of the alumni suite? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just so set in your ways. Oh, yeah, I'm such a moron, but uh, yeah. at least I admit. Yeah, it. <laughs> nobody ever claimed you were a genius. <laughs> the Ticats make a few signings, including Terrence Plummer, a former Argonaut, and man, they, they might need some linebackers after losing uh, Larry Dean mm-hmm. and Don Unumba. Returning to Montreal is Gabe Napton, who had his best time in Montreal. We'll see if he can... Uh, Bring back some of that aggression and that motor he had as an Alouette. We will talk more about the Alouettes very, very soon. I want to touch on Ottawa and their coaching staff. It looks like Winston October is going to be calling the plays for the Red Blacks this season. Not not exactly my first choice. And then Joe Pow Pow returns to the CFL. He is going to be the running backs coach. For the Red Blacks. Well, we are getting late in the year, so you know everybody's first options are gone. Uh, I I don't mind the Pow Pow signing. Like, I, I he's been, uh, you know, he played with the Ottawa Rough Riders. He served as head coach for the Renegades. He's been in the Ottawa football scene. Uh, the whole Winston October thing uh, is different. We'll say, uh, you know. Didn't really, never really spent a lot of time on the offensive side of the ball other than kick returns. And, you know, one year where he had, I think it was 196 yards. He was in a 2003. monster. He had 196 receiving yards in, in 2003. Uh, but his return game and everything, you know, it, really hard to, to knock that. But he wouldn't have been my first pick. But I, with the way Elizondo left and, and the time we're getting down to, uh, there probably wasn't a lot of options left out there for Rick Campbell to add to his staff. Can we agree that Pow Pow and October are both just one of the, some of the greatest CFL names of all time? Oh, I'll, yeah, I will agree to that. Yeah, like those are 100%. just 
great CFL names, so I'm, I'm happy to have them uh, still or back in the league, and that's what's happening with Ottawa this year. Uh, they were getting crapped on, <laughs> no pun intended, on social media today because it looks like their new their new slogan, their new hashtag is Letter Rip. Why? <laughs> oh, like let her rip what to to a four and fourteen record? Like, come on, guys, read the room. I, I feel like when you're coming up with hashtags, you really need to dumb yourself down and think at about the level of a thirteen year old, which we're really good at. And if, yes, if anybody needs <laughs> a consultant. And need somebody that thinks like a 13 or 14-year-old. We're your guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, just make sure it's like after 8 o'clock because I'm way funnier after a couple of beers. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, we can tell you that letter rip is probably is not the smartest hashtag. That's, that is terrible. <laughs> or great, depending how you look at it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to ATB Financial for sponsoring this podcast. They do something really awesome. If you deposit some money, you are automatically entered to win a draw. Each month, ATB gives away two prizes of $20,000 plus a $5,000 bonus prize. It's how they say thank you to their customers. So make the switch to ATB today and then start making deposits. You might be able to win yourself a pile of cash. ATB.com slash deposit for all the details on that. Brazilian tie, you win yourself, let's say, 20 grand. What's the first thing you do? Uh, probably put 20 grand on who's ever playing the Leafs in Game 7. <laughs> What were the odds? Did you bet on the Bruins? Of course I bet on the Bruins. <laughs> it was like minus 140. It wasn't that great, but uh, I won. And then I, I rolled all that money into the Golden Knights, and it was looking real good until oh, the refs no. ruined that. But oh. that, was the most fun I've, that was the most fun 10 minutes of hockey I've ever seen, I think. Okay, that five-minute major. Was it a five-minute major? No, it, it's not even a penalty. Yeah, I uh, it happens it happens on every face off. The refs pretty much admitted that they didn't see it. Uh talking to the players cuz Pavelski was laying on the ice with blood pouring out of a compression cut on his head and all the refs said was wow, that looks bad. And Cody Eakin, who, you know, gets the cross-checking major match penalty, uh isn't even the guy like yeah, kind of got him off balance, but Stastny was the one that gave him a little bit of a push on the way down, but there's nothing there to constitute a five-minute major and completely hand San Jose the game. Granted, Vegas did score to take it to overtime, but they had that game in hand because San Jose had nothing five-on-five. So when you're sitting there in October and you're saying the CFL is the worst refs on earth... Watch some Major League Baseball (laughs) because the umps have been dog... Some of those... Some of those strike zones, I feel bad for batters. <laughs> like you might as well play slow pitch. Just, and just swing at everything, man. <laughs> yeah, and then 
and yeah, you watch the NHL and it's never consistent. And then the playoffs, everything completely changes, right? Yeah, uh, it makes it a little tough to bet. So I went one for one, one and one last night. I wasn't too upset when I lost the Vegas Golden Knights game though, because of how much fun it was to watch that third period. Yeah, that that was fun. What would I do with twenty grand? Nothing responsible. I'd go to WrestleMania again. Well, yeah, maybe I'd pay off my truck. Nah, don't do it. But, <laughs> no, let's not get stupid. <laughs> yeah, you keep that payment as long as you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, boost up my credit rating if I don't miss any. <laughs> now, I got to ask you a question. What the hell is going on in Montreal? Uh, what, what's today, Wednesday? Yes. And it's the same thing that happened yesterday. So, same, different day. <laughs> Man. The Elks getting a workout today. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, I, I, I think people have kind of wondered aloud for the last little while, how are the Owls doing financially? Uh, the attendance hasn't been all that good. Um, the owner's been meddling in football operations and then all of a sudden, there were rumors that creditors were, you know, at their door and doing a account on inventory to see the assets that the team has had. And now there are all kinds of rumors. It's really hush hush as to what's really happening here. What What do you think an end zone pylon is worth? <laughs> I don't know. That might be able to get you three bucks or something. I, like the I, NFL ones have got to be worth more because they got the camera in it. Yeah, right? that might be worth a couple hundred, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know what's actually happening here because nobody really knows. It's all, there's guesses. There's rumors. I, I assume mm-hmm. the truth is somewhere in the middle, but there is a rumor out there that basically the league has assumed control of the team and is looking for a buyer. They have also insisted that the Wetton Halls are still in control of the team and will be for, I guess, the next little while here. But a, a, a few buyers have come and gone. Uh, some people that are interested in the team. Eric Lapointe, uh, I guess he came forward and then basically said, ah, I'm not really interested. I think a lot of people were excited there because he's got a football background. He was a heck mm-hmm. Crichton Trophy winner. Uh, but there's also uh, a, a young, young Montreal businessman, Clifford Stark, that has written a letter uh, of intent to purchase the Alouettes. He's only 35 years old. and he's Yeah, let's not throw around young all willy-nilly here. <laughs> hey, dude. I've got a few years to go to 35, and I know I would not be in a position to purchase the Montreal like, Alouettes. Well, I think I could, because it can't be worth much more than what I got in my bank account. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Minus the $2 I just got to put in the swear jar. Yeah, so watch out for that. The Montreal swear jar, you're funding that team as it is. Yeah, like without me, that team would be folded. <laughs> so Clifford Stark grew up attending Owls games when they were among the CFL's best teams. Now, since Calvillo left, not so much. I think there was some hope when uh, Manziel came over. We all know how that has ended up. But What about Jonathan Crompton? <laughs> hey, he cut his hair and then he was never the same again. Yeah, I you, you got you can't cut the hair that 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 was the biggest can't problem. wreck the mojo. No, exactly. So I assume 
that these rumors don't just come out of nowhere. There are major issues in Montreal right mm-hmm. now. I don't know if they can be fixed overnight, but uh, I hope these guys have a lot of cash to try and help things along here. I I don't know what they can do with their current coaching staff, their current GM. Are they going to be able to turn things around in the next little while? Well, I don't, I don't see how anything really turns around until they get Cavis Reed out of there as he has proven that he cannot build a competitive football team. Well, because that's the number one thing here. The team has been brutal for yep. basically and it, it's a decade. On him. And, and, you know, he's had his opportunities to, you know, improve the roster. He's been there for, what, four years now? Well, yeah, I guess he was named GM in 2016, so. Yeah, like he's had four years, well, 16, 17, 18, and then this off season. Which, I mean, I guess this offseason is a little tougher for teams because, well, or we thought it would be, but it had, turned out it wasn't. Uh, but, you know, he's had, I don't know, I, would, I don't want to say ample time, but he's had time to make improvements where this team shouldn't be continually fighting to stay out of fourth place in the East Division. And year in, year in, they are. And, you know, and with a team like that, it's really hard to make money because people aren't going to want to come to games. And until that, the roster is the biggest issue. And you can't blame the players because they are, you know, they're just there to play football. It's on the GM to find better players to put on that roster. Until that happens, nothing's going to get fixed. So we we could have a new owner of the Montreal Alouettes uh, next time we talk. Uh, middle of the season, who who knows what's really going to happen in that situation? But I I, I have to think that's a good thing. There were all kinds mm-hmm. of talk that the Metton Halls had been meddling in what the Alouettes yeah. were doing, and that had to stop. And that, those rumors have to come from somewhere. Yeah. It, nobody's just going to, like, rumors don't just start. There's usually a shred of truth somewhere, and it might get blown out of proportion, but it's really hard to believe that that isn't completely false, right? Like, there's got to be some truth to it. And, like, yeah, there's going to be consequences if that's the case. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe the Owls do need to host the Grey Cup sooner rather than later to uh, you know build up the funds a little bit, and maybe it would be yep. in the deal on uh, well, buying. How much the money team. would they get off of me? So, <laughs> well, and are we going to have a Grey Cup this year? I, I'm <laughs> don't. Why do you jinx it? I am not that worried about it. But I think the latest development is that basically a lot of these players coming out and saying, I'm not showing up to camp if there is not a new deal with the owners. And the last time I wouldn't either. And last time the CBA expired, they did go to camp. Mm-hmm. And they obviously got a deal they that, you know, probably wasn't the best. Uh and there's probably some things that they they don't want to give up, and the fact that they are withholding bonuses and they're like, why would you show up if you're not getting paid to do to do this? It, it doesn't make any sense. I, I totally agree with the players on that. Um, and, and you know, it's a bargaining chip for them, much like withholding bonuses is a bargaining chip for the league. Uh, you know, and it's just I, I don't see there being no CBA. I think it's going to take a little longer to get there than what we had hoped. Like I, I figured by now. Or maybe early next month we'd have something, but I don't understand this whole uh, you know, the delays between meetings. Uh, it's, it's just I don't think they need a month in between 
meetings when you know with with the way it is now with you know conference calls and emails and text messaging and all this stuff i'm pretty sure they can get on the same page a lot quicker than this yeah it's all negotiating no negotiation tactics it's easy to crap mm-hmm. on it from the outside i've never had to do a deal where <laughs> i'm negotiating like this uh i mean to get brazilian die to be a co-host on this podcast is not easy but uh, I, I never said, hey, Ty, I'm not going to sit down with you for a month. And uh, <laughs> Well, you told me 6 o'clock, and here we are at 6.20. So. And that's Thinking just, about walking out. That's just a negotiation tactic. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're right. The, the owners said a few weeks ago, we're not going to meet with you until the week of April 29th. So next week there's going to be some meetings. But the CFLPA... Uh, a lot of the guys saying, hey, I'm not showing up for camp if there's not a deal. But there's a worry that some of those bonuses, well, the offseason ones were withheld. But there are bonuses where guys show up to camp, they pass their physical, mm-hmm. and they get a bonus right there. There's a worry that these report and pass bonuses would be ditched if they don't show up for camp. So the CFLPA has said... We are not signing a CBA unless the league agrees to pay out these report and pass bonuses. I got to point you in the direction of John Hodge, who hosts the Blue Bomber mm-hmm. Talk podcast in the Canadian Football Podcast Network. He writes for 3downnation.com, and he has put together a lot of great reporting when it comes to this new CBA, and he explains it for even goofs like me can understand this thing. But it looks like both sides are playing really hard ball, and it might be a while before this gets figured out. Which isn't ideal. No, uh, it's, it's going to be harder and harder for us to uh, record an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the CFL is kind uh. of a unique league, and I, f- I think a very unique players' association because. I feel like the NFL, the NHL, MLB, all these guys, it's it's a lot easier for them to be on the same page and negotiate for the same things. But the the CFL is an extra wrinkle when it comes to the Canadian and the Americans and the mm-hmm. ratio. There are going to be things that the Americans will want that the Canadians won't. So I don't know how they can go into these things with one united voice. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a deal that can make all of the players happy, to be frank. No, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for somebody, uh, whether it be you know the Canadian that's going to have to take a pay cut or the American that's just going to live with the Canadian making that much more. It, it's, it's a crapshoot as to what's going to happen. And, and we're not getting a lot of news out of the negotiations as to what some of the sticking points are which makes it really hard to pick a side but well um, i it's really hard not to be on the side of the players because they really just want more guaranteed money a higher minimum wage yes and some more basically health benefits and yeah i I can get behind the health benefits yeah like a hundred percent like you're you're playing this game for you know not these guys aren't rich, a lot of them, um, you know, and putting their bodies on the line to, to 
play of this game and, and they go home with injuries that, you know, after a year they have they have no help, no nothing, and it's been their job that has hurt them. And and they have no no compensation for that to help with medical bills or travel to and from. So it, I, I, that's the one thing that, that has to change, I think. And if that doesn't change, I don't think we see a ratification for a while. Yeah, and Hodge brings up a great point that uh, the players' union is dominated by American players, and mm-hmm. they want to bring down the ratio from 7 to 5. Why would a Canadian player that has a report and uh, pass bonus into his contract go on strike for a belief that his job might be lost? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. So uh, this is so. Th- I think this one is going to be a lot more down to the wire than even the one a mm-hmm. few years back was. Yeah, we 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 might see it signed on June twelfth, and everybody shows up in Hamilton Thursday night for season opener. Who knows? I'm really interested to see how that would go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poorly, I'm sure. <laughs> well, actually, the Riders would be in mid-season form, probably. <laughs> Just the- it couldn't be any worse. Oh, my. <laughs> Watch Chris Jones get fired from the Browns and then end up in Montreal. I'm predicting oh, it now. You mean, <laughs> you mean the 2019 AFC North Division champion, Cleveland Browns? Actually, yeah. What can go wrong there? They're like the uh, Golden State Warriors of the NFL. <laughs> wow, let's not get crazy. Golden State did lose a game to the Clippers. <laughs> When they were up by 31. Yeah, that. The NBA playoffs have been crazy, too. Well done, Portland. That was fun. Uh, Coming up. Oh, yeah, Damian Lillard. Coming up next week is the CFL draft. In the midst of all this drama with Montreal and the CBA and everything, there is still a draft where some university players will look to make it to the Canadian Football League. We'll have a sort of draft preview show for you next week. It's Brazilian Ty and Travis Kerr as a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Coming up May 12th, FC Edmonton is having their home opener. So check out the podcast, Loyal Company of the River Valley. It's a podcast about FC Edmonton and the other Canadian Premier League news. It's uh, hosted by Adam and Nate If you want to get all caught up on your Canadian Premier League, check them out. Loyal company of the River Valley. Brazilian Ty, how is your NHL playoff bracket gone? Uh, I have six Bruins. I had six Flames. So I am not in dead last. Uh, Other than that, the actual bracket, I had Bruins over Flames. Uh, I I did have St. Louis winning, though, because I hate the Jets that much. I had Vegas over Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> oh yeah, how's that going for you? Oh, it's going awesome. Well, you, you can make it's, you can do that second chance bracket. You got to get it in by tonight. I saw that. I got to fill that out uh, because uh, I only had yeah. one series right. We're recording in the middle of Washington and Carolina. I did pick Washington and I did pick Boston. So maybe I had two series right out of the first round. <laughs> Well, two out of eight ain't bad, I guess. Hey, one out of four, man. If I'm batting 250 in the majors, that's good enough to stay up uh, in the majors. So, Yeah, Chris Davis numbers. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, Travis Curry, Brazilian tie. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Two and out CFL podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.